Growing a small business has never been easy. So, how can we build our companies and shortcut the learning curve? By getting advice from the people who've done it before. Everything you need to grow your business is right here. I'm Simon Lader. Welcome to the conference room. Welcome to the podcast. I'm here with Julie Seal Gostad. She is the founder and CEO of Myris Agency, an award-winning marketing and brand building agency based in San Diego. She has a BA in education and an MA in communication studies, both from San Diego State, and has spent the last 15 years helping companies articulate their message to their customers. Today, Myris works with over 200 brands, executing over 7,000 events globally through memorable, personalized, and meaningful experiences for stronger engagement. Julie was recently named CEO of the Year by Business Excellent Forum and Awards and received a Women in Leadership Award from San Diego East County Chamber of Commerce. And I'm delighted that Julie is here with us today. Julie, good afternoon. Thank you, Simon. Good afternoon. Excited to be here. Great stuff. Okay, so you are the hero of our particular story, and uh, all heroes have a an origin. I'd love to hear what yours is. So how did you get from humble beginnings huh. to where you are right now? Look, how much time do we have? No, interesting story. I grew up with mom, grandma, great grandma, all in education. So I thought that's my path. That's what I'm going to go do. And I went to school to become a teacher. I was a first grade teacher. And of course, during all of these California budget cuts in the early 2000s, every year I would have to, I would lose my job and then I have to reapply and re-interview. And, you know, at some point it got to be very discouraging. And I thought, you know, I love the kids, but I need to do something that's more secure. So I went into sales and marketing as well as communications in a particular job in Las Vegas, try that out in your hometown, came right back to San Diego, <laughs> not even a year later, and got into marketing communications with a local university. And all the while on the side, I was doing brand ambassador work. So I was out doing in-store demos trade shows, festivals, golf tournaments, wherever brands needed me to represent them to their target customer. And I loved it. I loved interacting with people, getting them excited about the brands that I loved. I set sales goals for myself. So I was always one of the top salespeople in store demos and it was good money. So I did on the side and, you know, I was working and I got in with a new brand, a new to market brand that was very esoteric. They were looking for somebody that could really engage with people and not just, you know, stand there and be a pretty face handing out coupons or whatnot. And they wanted me to work more than I could during the holidays. I was working on my master's and working full time. And I thought, ding, you know, why don't I contract with the, with the brand's approval, contract to friends who've been wanting to get into this industry, train them, get them what they need, set them up for success and, you know, have weekends free, which is so funny thinking about when you start a business and thinking that you're going to have weekends free <laughs> shows you how much I knew about business being a first grade teacher 
turned, you know, marketing communications. In any case, that's how Miris was started. And we grew and got well known because we've always been a boutique agency, but we have a very large network. So we, at the time, it was just me as a solo entrepreneur. I was finding the people, getting them what they needed, training them, doing all the things that you have to do in the background of an expert marketing campaign. And the difference was, you know, this was at a time when social media was on the rise. So when we would be in store or at an event and people saw us related to a brand they had been seeing in social media or, you know, in a commercial, what have you, there was this really strong desire for that human connection. And so the people that we brought on to represent the brands were, you know, again, not just a pretty or handsome face, you know, it was, you know, anybody who enjoyed the work, enjoyed being around people, enjoyed engaging people and ultimately selling. And word got out, we started doing more and more work. The company grew organically year over year, but I knew I needed more help. So at the end of 2015, I hired a business coach. And after that, it was like year over year, we've just doubled. I ended up hiring six people. We got up to 13 internal people. You know, we expanded the business. So it's not just in-person, especially right now, but it's not just in-person anymore. We're omni-channel and multi-strategy for our clients. So it's not just this one area where we know that brands can grow, but it's an ultimate strategy with tactics in that strategy that we're seeing results just out of this world that we have never seen before. So that's the story in a nutshell, (laughs) where we are today. But yeah, t-shirt turned entrepreneur is where we're at. That's great. And Mm -hmm. and, uh, I don't know whether you're aware, but I was a teacher as well. Uh, Before I got into into, originally into headhunting, before I sort of spiraled out into doing a number of other things. But uh, yeah, I I also started out as a teacher. What grade did you teach? I taught um, middle school math. That was what I did. Okay. Middle school's tough. Kudos to you. (laughs) It was fun. I love, for me, it was getting, just seeing the, that moment of realization on someone's face. When mm-hmm. it's like, oh, I get it now, you know? Yeah. Mm-hmm. And it, it, in many ways, I, I think there are this crossover in entrepreneurialism to yes. teaching in that respect of mm-hmm. getting someone to a particular goal and seeing that kind of win-win. So I, I guess from your perspective, are you still at heart a teacher and in your effectiveness in helping your customers communicate their brands to their customer base is that just another form of teaching absolutely i love how you cross that over and you know i was thinking about being in a classroom and being a teacher you are in operations you are in leadership you're selling education you are selling math getting kids excited about math and it is very similar it's very similar in running a business it's in having a team and leveling up a team building a team as well as with your clients and your communication with them and making sure that they understand, you know, understanding their goals, what are the goals? And then we explain, here's what we're going to do to get you there and how it's going to work and how we're going to implement this and building that relationship and that trust. But absolutely it's education. And that's why we're here, you know, because there's a number of reasons why companies come to us, you know, some are solopreneurs and they, they don't have the time or the staff and they need our help, or they've tried and failed, 
at so many different, you know, testing and measuring so many different avenues of marketing their business and nothing's working. So then they, they're ready to come to us and we provide this strategy and educating them, you know, here's what's going to work and why, and we're going to get you there. Great. Yeah. So now leading this organization, you know, with over 200 customers, do you see any particular trends of areas where people are doing it badly versus doing it well? Are there any particular things you see coming up time and time again, where Mm -hmm. people are just, whether it's sort of in, in terms of brand definition or marketing across the board, any particular trends you're seeing are coming up more and more where people are just really missing the boat? Gosh, yes, definitely. I think especially right now and with so much uncertainty going on in the world where, you know, there is a, a large opportunity to reach a target customer online. So it's determining what online strategies work best for you. And what we're finding is that marketing is all about testing and measuring. You're constantly trying something, doing something, measuring something, analyzing it, refining it. That's, it's just constant. That's how it works. And then when you find your sweet spot, you stick to it. And thankfully we've already worked through all that. So we know what to tell our clients, like this is what's going to work for your particular industry or product or service, but making sure that brands understand that if they're not online and marketing online yet, you need to be. So, you know, whether it's Facebook ads or Instagram ads, influencer endorsements, which is one of our specialties, as well as reputation enhancement, are you collecting reviews for your business? Are you collecting reviews for your products? Because when people are searching for your type of service or product online, guess what? If you don't have current and high enough rankings, you're not going to populate in a search and you're going to get totally overlooked. So, you know, what are you doing online for your particular product service industry that's going to take you to that next level and help you reach your customer when you can't do it in person. I think that there are some brands that are missing the boat on that, but I think that there's definitely more awareness that that needs to be happening. So that's one of the areas. I think one of the other areas as well is making sure that the message is reaching your target customer right now in the right way. You know, what, what have people been looking for over the past nine months? I mean, in any industry, in any time pandemic or not, you know, they're looking, can they trust you? Building relationships with the customers and warming them up or with the leads and warming them up, what have you. So they know I like, can trust you to be able to make a purchase or come visit your store or go visit your website and make a purchase. But, you know, making sure that your message now is, you know, are you open during COVID. If you are, what are your hours? What are your safety protocols? What are your employees doing? If you are open, but you're only doing delivery or pickup, where is that communicated? Are you communicating that? Do you have an email list that you can send that out to? Are you updating your Google My Business or your Facebook for products, you know, on your packaging or even in retail, if you can do shelf talkers and things like that, that are showing, are you local? Where are your ingredients sourced from? You know, people want to see local. They want to see the products specifically locally, but nationally that's their focus. They want to know where it's coming from, that it's safe. So all of those things need to be included in messaging, whether you're a product or service, you know, what are you doing right now to build that trust and that bridge? That was a very long answer. <laughs> I was like, there's 
there's so many things. What could I choose to share? Because there are people, and I'm sure you've seen it, where customers are literally thinking, right, in order for me to articulate my message to the world in an online environment, Mm -hmm. I just need to spam the bejesus out of them. I need to... I mean, I get hundreds of spam emails and some of it genuinely is spam. Okay. Some of it is the the fact that I happened to download an interesting PDF from someone six months ago and I'm now on their emailing list. I've got no intention of buying anything from them and probably didn't have any intention of buying anything from them back then, but they happened to put something online and I thought that looks interesting, downloaded it. And ever Mm -hmm. since then I'm getting two or three emails from them, you know, a day, a week, whatever, coupled with something that for me has become an increasing irritant, which is being bombarded by LinkedIn in-mails, okay? Mm -hmm. So if somebody was coming to you and saying, okay, we're trying to generate leads online, okay? Mm -hmm. But we're, (laughs) the only things we're doing right now, sticking a PDF up there, hoping someone downloads it and nobody is. We're also either manually or automatically just LinkedIn in-mailing people. Mm -hmm. And yet neither of those things are working. And me being on the other side of that fence, I can probably tell them it isn't, all right? What other, I'm not necessarily asking you what you would advise because obviously it's far too generic, but what, what kind of things may someone in that situation need to be thinking about in mm-hmm. order to better market themselves, do you think? So exactly what I'm hearing from you is how do you stand out from all the noise? Where, That's a how many point. other bits... That's, that's using five words when I used 105. So yes, exactly. Yes. That's, that's so the noise. that it's, you know, again, how much time do we have without getting, you know, too specific, because obviously each industry is going to be different. Each brand is going to be different because what you represent and how you stand out is going to be different and how, how you speak to others will be different, but it's standing out from the noise. So making sure that your message is authentic, you're sharing your story, if that's how you build trust, even some type of vulnerability, I think really helps stand out from the noise. With us, it's teaching our clients, like what is the low hanging fruit, right? So, and this is, you know, I work with some small businesses too, doing some mentoring And we always look at what's the low hanging fruit. So with the influencer endorsements, you know, we're using our brand ambassadors who used to be out in the field for us. They may have, you know, one to 3000 followers as micro influencers, but they already know the brands. They have a following that's friends, friends of friends, boyfriends, friends, husband, you know, wife's friends, coworkers that already know, like, and trust these people where when they make an endorsement about a product or a service, it's going to be authentic and they're going to build trust. They're going to actually get the audience to take action, whether that be getting more followers for a brand, driving them to a website, getting them to purchase, getting them to download something, however that works, but that's some low hanging fruit. What do you already have in your resource or in your network that could help you stand out from the noise? The other through reputation enhancement with your current clients. So could you be doing more business with your current clients? Could your current clients be giving you referrals? So those are some of the lower hanging fruit where could they be leaving you reviews? And when they make a purchase or when they visit your business or buy from your business, are they reviewing you online? Because all of that helps with SEO. Again, back to being online and when somebody's searching, for your product or service, are you going to come up in a search? And all of that becomes very organic and it's authentic, right? 
So standing out from the noise is looking at the low hanging fruit and making sure that your message is authentic, trustworthy, potentially vulnerable, and speaks to your brand. That's great. No, it's brilliant. I feel like my answers are so long, but you just sit there and you listen. I'm like, oh, okay. I'm just going to keep going. <laughs> so. This is great. This, this is yeah. great. Because at the end of the day, I mean, we both started businesses, you know, mm-hmm. and I would imagine most of the people that are going to be listening to this have either started a business or are mm-hmm. considering starting yeah. a business. And at the end of the day, I've got a very good friend who is the chief revenue officer of a, of a software vendor. Mm-hmm. And he's been, he's a startup king, this guy. Yeah. And one of the mantras that he lives by is, in any business, leads cure cancer. Mm-hmm. And if you haven't got a throughput of leads, and it doesn't matter whether you are, you know, selling B2C, you know, a $20, whatever, or mm-hmm. you're doing B2B and it's a 20 grand or a 200 grand or a 2 million, whatever, right? Mm-hmm. If you haven't got a throughput of leads coming through, then your business is going to die, okay? Yeah, um, keeping, keeping that funnel full. For sure. Yeah, absolutely. Mm-hmm. And I'm not sure how well this translates, but somebody once famously joked that all businesses have the, you, do you know, uh, blood pudding or black pudding is a, is a Northern English savory delicacy. It's basically yeah. flour and blood. It smells, oh. I mean, I've never had eaten it, but it smells gross. Okay. I can only imagine. <laughs> it's actually called black pudding, right? And yeah. somebody once joked, that, that businesses, black, the black pudding industry, have got one thing in common. They always need new blood. The the leads for us, you know, are, that that's new blood. It's got to keep coming in. And if you're not articulating your message in the right way and consistently doing so, yes, then... And multiple strategies. So, you know, we're talking about gathering leads and even, you know, yes, get somebody on an email campaign or email funnel. So basically like whatever you're doing is getting them to the next step. So, you know, if we're doing some sort of, you know, say you're getting these emails and that's part of a campaign where they're getting you to click and then there's going to be a next step. So that's not necessarily our specialty. Obviously we have our own strategies internally, but, you know, making sure you have a multi strategy, multi-tactic approach to getting leads where you don't want to put all your eggs in a basket of email, right? Because there will be, you know, perhaps, you know, you had clicked for this PDF where maybe that would have been a service or a company that you might have wanted to work with, but maybe they're just sending you too many damn emails or it's like, I just wanted this PDF, but maybe if they were selling something else, you might be interested. So hopefully they're putting their money in other ways of marketing, because I'm sure you're not the only one that's like, I just wanted the PDF. I'm good. Right? Right. Absolutely. Yeah. So, so as, okay, so we're having this conversation today on hopefully coming towards the end of the COVID pandemic. Yeah, the news coming out of the uh, the medical industry is encouraging that, you know, this uh, vaccine and testing and, uh, you know, I think even uh, the first uh, the first person in the UK was actually uh, given the vaccine today. So hopefully we're coming through it. So Companies, I think now, need to perhaps need to start thinking about their post-COVID strategy. Okay, mm-hmm. how do you feel the world will change? You, you mentioned a little earlier how much it's changed from a marketing perspective, mm-hmm. COVID from before, where there's a lot of uncertainty, and obviously people are for the most part working from home, so there's much more of an online strategy. Mm-hmm. How do you see that transitioning 
hopefully as we get into kind of end of Q1 into Q2 of 2021, where mm -hmm. for the most part, people's lives hopefully will be kind of getting back to normal, okay? <laughs> Whatever that means. How do you anticipate that impacting on brands marketing approach is it a case of well whatever you're doing in 2019 is going to work or mm. we're going to have to kind of adopt a slightly different posture that is a very good question the short answer is nothing is ever going to be the way that it was and even if it is it's going to i personally feel like it's going to take five or ten years right the message i think will continue where you know People are still going to be wary about what they're buying, what they're ingesting, where they're visiting. So making sure that we keep that message going. But I think for a while, it's going to be like how it has been, you know, where we're going to follow the trends that are happening even on a weekly basis at first, and then it'll be more of a monthly. And then I feel like businesses will be able to really map out, okay, here's my marketing plan for 2021 but it's going to be kind of like how a budget is where, you know, you have good intentions for your 2021 budget. You look at it weekly, monthly, but things are going to be changing. And so, you know, just understanding that nothing's going to be set in stone and we're just going to have to keep readjusting our message. So unfortunately I can't predict the future and thinking about, you know, what should brands be saying and how should they be doing it? I do know that, Brands need to continue marketing online. And when we can get back to in-person, there's going to have to be some sort of a hybrid there where they are able to reach people through experience in person in a safe way, as well as online. But I mean, you know, social media use is up 20% and there's over 3 billion people on social media. There's, you know, with, with searching for businesses online, you know, people, 90% of people search a business or an industry online before making a purchase. So, and these aren't necessarily new statistics. This is happening and it's only just going to get even bigger. So making sure that people continue to market online. Right. Okay. So uh, over the last kind of so eight, nine months, there's been, unfortunately, we've heard lots of stories of companies that have really kind of struggled. Okay. Mm -hmm. do, do you have any examples of companies that have really risen to the challenge companies that you've worked with that mm -hmm. have really you know, that can look back at 2020 and go, not necessarily it was the best year we ever did, yeah. but they saw the challenge, they rose to it, they can look back at a very successful year as a result of the decisions they made. Absolutely. Again, it's that whole omnichannel approach where, you know, there's one company in particular where all of their marketing dollars for this year were going to be towards experiential in-store demos festivals and of course all that stopped in March and they using our resources and our partnership and our expertise pivoted their marketing strategy where we took the majority of the those dollars at this point and put them into influencer endorsements in driving traffic to where the products are sold to retailers and with product reviews and so we handle their reputation management after purchases through e-commerce. We're able to collect product reviews and get those posted and shared on their website, as well as they're on Google and managing and looking at, you know, their social media and how's their social media doing? What are people saying online about them? 
responding to the reviews and building that up. So their actual website traffic has increased close to 30% because of everything that we've been doing online. Their following has increased close to 100%. Their engagement rate on social media is over two and a half times what it was prior. So I'm just, I'm just very, very proud that they did that because right. a lot of, a lot of brands that we worked with in the experiential, you know, they only had an experiential budget and that's what their money was for. So it was difficult for them to change their mindset, which some of them did, but this particular one, it was just like, okay, we trust you. Let's do this. And it's just been fantastic. So, right. I mean, yeah. it's, it, I mean, it's great to see an organization where they were able to kind of be nimble enough to pivot to what well, clearly, even though we were expecting to do this, yeah. when we realized we're going to have to not do that anymore, but we still need mm -hmm. brand awareness and yeah. marketing activity. So let's pivot towards that. And mm -hmm. uh, by the sounds of it, it sounds like it, it worked great. Oh, yes. It's been, it's been so much fun, you know, because they're, you know, when we can get back in store, it's just, it's this beautiful trifecta that, you know, they've mastered with us and have learned and will continue to do that. So what's next for you and what's next for the business? Okay. So great timing for that question, because here we are at the end of 2020 and, you know, yay for all of us who are surviving through this and planning out for 2021, which again, you know, when we're doing our annual plan, it's going to be very loose, you know, knowing what we know as much as we know about what's going to happen and predictions. But I'm just, I'm really excited to continue the momentum that we have for our brands. Like we talked about that have made that shift to online and, you know, helping support them and Continue, helping them to continue to grow that way. And, you know, for Miris and for me, I am excited about doing more mentoring and coaching next year. I have been in this business a very long time. I've had my company for almost 12 years and just have really, this year, my goal was to pay it forward. And I'm so delighted to be here because this is part of my journey and my vision for this year was just to pay it forward and share what I know and help other businesses start up or otherwise. And so being able to do more of that on a more one-to-one -one basis with clients and growing that business as well. So that's great. Yeah. And I've been delighted to have you here. And so if people wanted to reach out or learn more uh, about you or about Meris or any of the other projects you've got going on, how can they do that? You could go to our website, which is just Miris, M-I-R-U-S dot agency, or I welcome emails directly to me. I would love to have a conversation, whether it's about your company or your brand and what you could be doing, or if you want to grow your business, you know, otherwise, whether it's, you know, operations or marketing for your specific company or to implement our services you can email me directly at julie at miris.agency love to hear from you that's brilliant okay great stuff well julie it's been a real pleasure talking to you thank you so much for joining us here on the conference room all the very best uh, for all your uh, endeavors and you say great things thank you very yes, much thank you coming up next week on the conference room i'll be talking to ceo and advertising mogul lynn power and so when you're starting a business, you know, you have to think about, okay, what are those roles on the team? 
What are the capabilities and how can I find those people and get those capabilities? And, you know, you mentioned a zero budget. And in our case, what we ended up doing is building a team that was all equity-based. So everybody has a little stake in the company. Thanks so much for listening. Make sure you visit our website, theconferenceroompodcast.com, where you can find all the show notes plus links to the resources mentioned during the podcast. If you enjoyed listening to this, make sure you subscribe so that you're always the first to know when each episode is released. Also, please take the time to review the podcast so the more people who want to grow their businesses can find us. To talk about this or any other podcast or in fact anything business related whatsoever, find me on Twitter at Simon Lader or you can find me by searching for Simon Lader or Sunny Academy on Facebook or on LinkedIn. I'm always open to a conversation. Thanks for listening to the conference room. Until next time, keep talking.